Welcome, 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 my friends. You are listening to It's Simply Digital, and I am your host, Lisa Williams. We will be diving into tips, tricks, and strategies to up your digital marketing game and make you a savvy digital success. You are listening to episode number 89 of It's Simply Digital, and I'm so excited that you are here. Thank you so much for joining me. I have a very special guest for today's interview, Sunil Godsey. And we dive into intuition and I love how this conversation goes because it really does belong in building a business, following your intuition. Sunil is a speaker, an author, a consultant. He has his own podcast and he is a blogger as well. And he talks about how he built his $20 million business as an entrepreneur by following his intuition. So let's listen in. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Hi, Sunil. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. 2021 has started with a bang for me and super excited. Thank you so much for the invite. Happy to bring whatever I can from an intuitive perspective to your listeners today. Uh, I'm I'm excited to hear this because I am very intuitive. I really try to pay attention to what my gut thinks and feels. And so I'm I'm excited to dive into this conversation and and start talking about it and how it pertains to entrepreneurship and to Mm -hmm. business building and not, I guess, you know, personal development as well, but really the takeaways in building a business and, and what you can do, you know, with that, that intuition. So, so let's get started with the conversation. So what got you, you know, like interested in, the intuitive mindset and intuition. And, you know, why don't you share a little bit about your book and what the research that you did and we'll kind of go from there. Absolutely. So uh, I wrote uh, my first book called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster, and it was all about entrepreneurship. And so I became an entrepreneur after listening to my intuition. And we'll talk about that in a, in a bit. Uh, but it was about if uh, the, the essence of that book was if you can learn from the failures of others and avoid them, then you should be successful. And so the one common question I got after I started speaking around the world about this book was, what's the one common thing that people could ab- could avoid or look at to be successful in entrepreneurship? And at that time, it was I just kind of rolled my eyes because I talked to over 300 people and 75 stories made it in the book. So to me at that time, it was clear that there were just so many things that can go wrong. But when I looked at the the interviews that I did and I revisited them, it was very clear that 80 to 90% of them used some version of intuition that they ignored. Like I ignored my gut. I ignored my intuition. I knew I shouldn't have done it. I felt. And so all these things around this thing called intuition really, really came through really loudly. So that got me thinking, hmm, what is this thing called intuition that people ignore? And so when I look back on my life, the very first instance that I had where I ignored my intuition uh, was when I had a good friend of mine reach out to me and she was being stalked at the time. And so she said, uh, can you meet with me that afternoon? I was doing some coaching while I was in engineering and I had nothing that afternoon. And this voice said, meet with her now. And I ignored it. And so she ended up, um, she, uh, I ended up saying, let's meet two days later. And the very next day she was shot and killed by that stalker. So I could have prevented mm-hmm. that. And then when I looked back at other times, I ignored my my uh, intuition to go into engineering when I was meant to be an entrepreneur. And so I went from making five times as an entrepreneur after quitting engineering and loving my life. And it was, I was just meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, And then I had a management consulting contract that went south. I got so 
so emotionally involved with the money that I went down to Silicon Valley, spent all my money, and they never paid me. And I came back broke to Canada, 25 cents in my bank account. And I was about to be married in a couple of years. So I lost wow. all my savings. So this is how I came up to understanding, uh, okay, what is it? Why do we ignore the intuition? And I really need to understand that. And so this is where I looked at the academic research that looked at MRIs and brain scans and outcomes um, and how that's paired with sort of the, that's the science part. And there's the art part that I talked about, which are intuitive signals. And it's these signals that we individually have that tell us from a business perspective or from an entrepreneurship perspective, uh, what's the right opportunity to pursue? What's the right idea to pursue? What's the right vendor to hook up with? What's the right um, team that I need? What's the right hire? So everything where you're making a decision, that's where intuition plays a role. And it acts in a split second and it takes, look at, it takes a look at your past experience and learning, both formal and informal, what's in the situation, um, what your, who's in the room, like you're reading people, uh, and the decision you need to make. And that happens all in a split second. And if you actually look at the research that's there, one academic research that looked specifically at entrepreneurs, and they showed that intuition acted at that time seven seconds before they actually made the decision and they measured things like heart rate and skin conductance as a measure of sort of intuition being triggered. So it was very, very clear in business and in entrepreneurship that intuition plays a critical role in making decisions. Then we have people like Steve Jobs talking about it, Tim Cook talking about it, Sarah Blakely talking about it, Jeff Bezos talking about it, Richard Branson, and I can go on and on and on of people talking about how invaluable intuition is uh, when it comes to making business decisions. So do you think that intuition is that first gut reaction that we have as human, as, as a spiritual being, as a human being, as our, as our whole self, and then we put logic and reason to it. And then we go, Oh, I, I sway, or I'm not really sure. Or we doubt ourselves or we, do you think that that's what intuition is, is that first initial reaction that we have? Yep, it's, it's absolutely the first reaction. And from a scientific perspective, uh, you know, when you're making a decision, the first part of the, the brain that gets hit is the amygdala, right, the back. And so anytime mm -hmm. you make a decision, that's your fight or flight when we feel everything, every decision goes to there even before it touches the logical part of our brain. Um, and so we make the intuitive decision then way before we get to the logical side. And again, if you look at academic research, uh, when I looked at it, it was seven to 10 seconds before neurology, re neurology research that's coming out is showing it's come actually 23 seconds before we actually make an action or take a decision. Uh, and so that's exactly what happens. And then when you make that intuitive decision, that's when we hit the logical thing. And that's when we think, have things like fear or ego or, you know, uh, we fear failure. Uh, we're too emotional, like in relationships, too rational. Where we're looking at too much of the data. Those are called the four intuitive hurdles. And when you have those hurdles, what they do is they shut down your intuitive signals. And that's when you start to doubt yourself. So the initial thing is, here's a bunch of signals coming up. If you don't recognize what these four hurdles are, then your signals get shut down. And now you're walking around blind. Uh, and so this is where you're talking about, you get that initial gut reaction. That's what you need to do. Is it a positive signal? That means you take that decision. Is it a negative signal? That means you don't take that decision. And if you can't hear those signals, uh, then you're lost. 
So what's, what are some ways that we can really pay attention to our intuition or really pay attention to that gut reaction and, and feel that, that initial feeling? What, what are some ways that we can do it? Cause I know, I mean, you, you just shared with me, you know, your story about your friend and, and I'm so sorry, you know, about that, Thank you. Appreciate but that. you know, your gut reaction was, I'm going to meet her. And then we put logic. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to drive. I don't want to get in traffic. I don't, you know, whatever we think in our heads, whatever stories we put in our heads. So what are some of the ways that we could help prepare our own self for, to be more intuitive, to pay attention to those gut reactions? So a lot, a lot of it has to go with, well, the first step I always suggest is that you go past, back in your past and look at your experience because we all have a basket of positive signals and negative signals and they've all come up ever since you were born. We're all born with intuition. Uh, and what happens is as we go, we all have experiences that are unique to each one of us. So some of us may have that voice that is common as a signal. But in your case, it could be a personal decision. In my case, it could be a professional decision. So if you look back at the times where you ignored your intuition or you trusted your intuition or simply just say, when did I make the right decision? And when did I make the wrong decision? Then I, go, I get people to go back and say, what did it feel like when you made the wrong decision? And what did it feel like when you made the right decision? And try and find whatever you can around that in terms of the circumstances. And now what you're doing is you're collecting a basket of positive and negative signals and so when you have that inventory of signals, the next time you make a decision, you have those basket of signals to guide you as to whether you're making the right, right decision or not. And that's often the first step that I get everybody to do. Okay. So you know, I'm thinking as you were speaking and saying, you know, go back into your past, I'm thinking, well, where did I have intuitive signals that I didn't pay attention to? You know, where, right. where did, and so... Let me, let me stop right here. First of all, decisions that we make are based on our circumstances of how we grew up, our beliefs, our surroundings, our, you know, events that have happened in our, in our lives. And so when we add logic and reason to making a decision, our brain is going back in the past and going, well, this happened last time you made this kind of a decision and this happened. And so what you're saying basically is the same thing is go back into your time, into your history and go, when did I feel that gut feeling? And when did I not feel that gut feeling? When did I follow through? When did I not follow through? And so you're, you're doing the same thing that our brains already do anyway, just naturally. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so after you're born, what happens is as you go through these experiences, these are experiences that uh, are put in the subconscious area of your brain. So if you look at mm -hmm. your brain so, sort of as a, an iceberg, 90% underwater is your subconscious, the 10% is the conscious part. So ever since you're born, you're taking relevant experiences and putting it in the subconscious area. And what I mean by relevant experiences is that what are you picking up in the environment? that is giving you attention, what's bringing your attention to. And so that go, and that continually goes into this library so that when you have a decision that you're making, your intuition is gonna go in a split second, go into that subconscious area of the brain and say, what experiences did you have and how is it relevant to this situation? And then it scans also the people in the room to say, are mm -hmm. they being trustworthy? Is the environment that we're in safe or is, it, uh, is there something wrong? 
And those three combined are going to help you make the actual eventual decision. Uh, and sometimes that decision is going to go against what your pattern of behavior or experience has been because that's what's needed at that moment. So certainly I've had people who've had 30 years in, say, an operations role and knowing that they've done, in fact, one of the vice presidents from 3M did certain packaging away for about 30 years the same way, and they were losing money on another product. And the packaging he suggested was 180 degrees out away from how he was used to doing it. But that turned something that was a loss into a profit. So that's how it uses that experience to inform the decision. Well, and just because something is done, you know, I want to kind of play on what you just said, just because something is done a certain way all the time, doesn't mean that that's the right way, or that's the way that it should continue to be done. So, you know, that there's, there's many different ways to look at circumstances and situations. Um, Absolutely. And, and a lot of times, if you're continually doing the wrong things, um, mm-hmm. and relationships are a very good example of this, if you end up in re- bad relationships all the time, uh, yet your intuition is saying, get out of it, right? Uh, you know, what you're doing is you're digging yourself deeper and deeper into it. And, you know, you lose your health, you lose your, uh, you know, mental anguish, your, in some cases, your bank account. Um, and where your intuition's already given second chances to that person saying, hey, you should be getting out now. So, that pattern gets broken because your intuition is saying, no, you got to get out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about where, where I feel like I failed to listen to my intuition. Sure. So I was in um, a marriage with, with my ex-husband that was very abusive. He was an alcoholic and I could already, you know, I, I say, I always say I stayed in the marriage five years too long. And mm. so five years previously, I already felt that I should be getting out. You know, I felt it right then and there. I felt like this is not going the way it should be going and I should leave. And I didn't. And I stayed in there five years later and we were broke. We had nothing left. You know, it it destroyed our family. You know, there was just so much trauma and controversy that happened. And I look back at that one decision that I didn't make, you know, even though my gut was telling me I need to get out, but I, but I would, you know, sometimes we don't trust our gut. So, so that's, that comes from that fear and that trusting ourselves and believing in ourselves. And, you know, I, I looked for outside resources to validate how I was feeling or what I should be feeling, or if this was the right thing to do. And there is no right or wrong. It's what's right or wrong for you, not for anybody else. Exactly. And it's right or wrong in that moment, right? And one of the things that you also have to realize is that even though you're in that five year, uh, you stayed five year too long, your intuition is always on. So even if you make a couple of bad decisions, your intuition is still there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, even after the five years and you're so you're broke um, and you get to your wit's end and you move on, your intuition still is there. And and so a great case study is is Sarah Prout, who, um, you know, she was in a 10 year marriage 40 uh, episodes of physical abuse. um, And she feared, you know, leaving, she had a roof over her head, she had to leave with social assistance, $30,000 in debt, two kids in tow, uh, left that to live on the streets, um, pick up furniture from the side of the road, put pieces of soap together from public washrooms so that her kids can actually have a clean shower, you know, a, a clean shower. 
at six years later, she's making seven figures as an entrepreneur. Um, and she just knew that she had to get out. And, and ultimately, that was it. So her intuition led her, even though she thought, what the heck's going on here? But mm-hmm. intuition was still there as a guiding light. Yeah. No, I mean, there's just so many circumstances and situations that I can think of, you know, in just having this conversation with you that I'm thinking, I, I didn't follow my gut. But then I, I do think of situations where I did follow my gut and I did trust and believe myself and how wonderful those came out and how um, how easy it was to to follow those those roles or, or, you know, those circumstances or those situations, it just kind of rolled with it. And you just felt like this was the natural thing to do. And so absolutely, absolutely. And it it really comes from being aware and right in you really have to be present. And you can't really kind of talk about it. And one of my very my, I have a podcast series, and my very first guest was someone who died, almost died from COVID-19. He was in New York in a New York hospital. And five days later, he was the first person I talked to about his his uh, episodes uh, and um, what he was saying is he thought he knew what intuition was uh, until he until a couple of things happened one was uh, he had come to a speaking event that I was at uh, and heard me talk about intuition and that gave him some concept around what intuition kind of is and it threw him for a bit of a loop but when he was at a life or death situation he actually wanted to die uh, and his intuition was saying no you're not done here and he ended up obviously trusting his intuition to live, but he understood now what intuition really was, what how deep you have to get in the present moment to really understand what it means, how it operates. And when you operate like that, everything is becomes an opportunity because it's so it's 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 custom for you, and you're always making the right decision, whether in your personal life or even in business. Right, and and I think it just goes back. You know, we. I do a lot of research on personal development and the psychology because I love marketing. And so I want to know the psychology of marketing. I want to know like what people's brains are thinking and and the best way to market to them and sell to them. And, you know, they, the way they, they purchase and their buying behaviors and all of that stuff. And so we all want to feel like we belong to somewhere, some, some group, some, something. And so in doing that, a lot of times we don't trust our gut. We don't trust our, our own behaviors. You know, we, I I read Seth Godin's book, this is marketing recently. And he, he says, do people like me do things like this? That that's kind of his theme throughout his whole book. And he it's, it's, I read it and I just sat there for a minute going, that's exactly what we do subconsciously. Do people yep. like me do things like this? Do I buy this kind of phone, computer, house, car? Do I go to these kind of vacations? Do people like me go on these kind of vacations? Do people like me do a podcast or own a business or whatever? Yeah, yeah we're constantly- absolutely. And from a marketing perspective, if you look at even your own purchasing habits, you're buying things that mean something to you or has a story to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and what mark where marketers often fail, and I've had a couple of people where I've interviewed uh, about marketing, they absolutely realize that intuition uh, comes before any kind of marketing because what you're doing with intuition is you're establishing an authentic two-way relationship that's trusted. So you can write all the copy you want. Uh, you can uh, you can write or you can shoot all the videos that you want. You can do whatever you want in terms of advertising, but 
But if I do not believe that you are fulfilling a need for me, then I am not going to buy your product or your service. Uh, and way too many people get into the weeds of the tactics um, mm-hmm. and listening to this guru and that quote unquote guru when they're not looking at it authentically saying, okay, I have a product or service. What need am I fulfilling for that person and this person and that person? And you need to speak to that need because there's that emotional connection. connection. And when you have that emotional connection through writing, advertising, videos, or whatever it is, or just being authentic, mm-hmm. uh, then you draw that person in. So if you look at even social media, if you're scrolling on your feed, each one of us is going to stop at something. And when we stop at something, uh, if it's a cat video, which everybody talks about, it's funny, <laughs> but I don't dive deep into that brand. Right. right. If it's something, there's a, there's something that, that uh, really, wow, this can, I can, I know I can see where this helps me in or how, where I'm looking for helping in my marketing or sales or whatever it is, I'll go a bit deeper and I'll keep going deeper to the level of trust. And when I have that level of trust from a marketing perspective, now you've got me. Uh, and then I become a repeat customer as long as you're being consistent uh, in that trust along the way. Um, I often use Apple as an example because I'm I'm an Apple girl. So yep. I have an app, an iPhone. I'm talking to you on an iMac. I have a MacBook Pro. You know, my kids have the same kind of products. And I, I mean, I've I've used these products since 2007, 2008. So for many many years, I had a first generation iPhone. But I'm a creative type, right? And so. Mm-hmm. They got me, they sucked me in. I was like, oh, I'm a creator. I should be using a Mac because mm-hmm. creators use Mac products and I'm not a PC person, I'm a Mac, you know? So it, it was that emotional connection. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you if you read some of the entrepreneur books that are out there that talk about marketing and brand building and all of that stuff, they talk about, so, you know, Apple was, the, we all think that Apple was the first company to come up with an MP3, you know, the, the original um, iPod. iPod, And it really, there were far greater products already out there that did way more than what Apple's iPod did, but the way they marketed it was a thousand songs in your back pocket. And Mm -hmm. so everybody's like, well, yeah, I I want that. I I want to be. And so, that took off. And then they realized, Hey, we can go into, you know, this whole range of technology from there. So. Absolutely. And it's also the customer experience as well, because I'm an Apple, Apple person as well. My, my family's all appled up as you, as you may want to say, <laughs> but even when I used to go into, and of course the Apple store is closed, but whenever I used to go in there, uh, I had some people who, you know, used to work in another place come there and they were well, they were well liked, they were well treated. Uh, my whole experience in the Apple store is great. If I ever had a problem, everything was explained to me. So, uh, you know, this is where the customer journey is looked at um, very, very much. And so we're all tied. Uh, they've got cheap storage options when we've got way too many pictures being taken. Um, I mean, everything just ties together for the convenience for me as a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, and that's for me. Uh, and that's what ha- that's going to be different for someone else. But right. for people like you and I, uh, the Apple products fill an incredible need for us mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. they fill the value. And when they fill the value from the customer journey's perspective, I mean, even technical support, I mean, I had problems on the, the 24th, the 25th and the 26th, and I got to customer support within 30 seconds or a minute. And three of my issues were done during the holidays where I'm sweating, thinking 
I'm probably not going to get this uh, solved till the 28th or 29th. Uh, it was my, both of my daughters were having issues with their um, one with the iPad, one with their uh, iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, and they were all solved. And I'm like, yeah. wow. And I tell my wife, these guys are working, and, and I like within five minutes. I had a, sol- a problem solved. That starts really diving deep into inculcating a rela- two-way relationship right. with me that's going to be hard to extricate me out of to another product. Right. So it, it's you bought into the product. The customer service is phen- phenomenal, second to none. And then you become social proof and you yes. become their brand voice. You know, you, me, half the world. Um, but yes. that's, that's, that's what happens, you know, that's, and, that's and, and for others trying to get in, it, it's mm-hmm. almost double the cost. It's, it's, and I call I always talk about opportunity costs. It's not just, a, uh, an opportunity. It's not just the cost of, or the, the me, me buying into your marketing message. What you also have to think about is what value are you taking me out of into yours? So right, it's not just, right. and so there's, it's, it's two times the marketing hit that you have to have, say, mm-hmm. if you want to put a mathematical equation into it to get me to even think about looking at yours and then to buy yours. And that you really have to be strong uh, in a convenient way to get me out of Apple products where I'm now embedded to getting you into your, into your um, uh, zone of genius when it comes to your products or services. Yeah. No, I love that you mentioned that because it's not just about marketing your product. You have to think about how are you going to get them away from what yes. they already know, like, and trust. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is yeah. where intuition comes in because intuition is that trusted relationship. So whatever you're doing to market that, I have to trust you enough to say, okay, the value I had in Apple is here, but now I'm trusting you to provide even more value to me. And so mm-hmm. now it's going to loosen my relationship with Apple and then bring you kind of surreptitiously in your area. Uh, and then you got to get me into, yes, it does provide value because I have a second choice in my decision set I can quickly go back to. So this is where that, that trust, authenticity, the messaging, everything that you have really speaks volumes to tapping into that intuitive relationship uh, because that's what's going to pull me out. Uh, not just, you know, fancy graphics and things like that. That doesn't do anything sure. for me. No, I love how you tied um, intuition into marketing, you know, and and like I said, I I go deep into the psychology of marketing. So I'm always fascinated with how the brain works and how human behavior works and, you know, just purchasing decisions and all of that stuff. So I I love how you did that, that deep dive and you studied it and you, you know, wrote a book and yes. interviewed people and all that stuff. So tell my audience how we can get a hold of you, where you, um, the best ways to find you, your book, and I'll put everything in the show notes, but let's make sure we share it right now. Absolutely. So I'm on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, either at, at Intuitionology or at Sunil Gutsy. Uh, I've got intuitionology.com is my website, web, main website. I've got a free ebook there. Once you get the free ebook, I take you to a free seven-day challenge. Uh, and the seven-day challenge will actually take intuition, your components of intuition, and actually solve a problem for you. Uh, and once you solve a problem, uh, you know, that's the whole goal right? To take something intangible to something tangible. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's the best place to, uh, to get me. You can DM me if you have any questions, snail at snailgodsy.com. Uh, shoot me a, an email and I'll be happy to answer any questions. Awesome, Sunil. I appreciate it. And we will make sure 
everybody gets access to everything that you just mentioned. And we'll make sure that all of those are linked up in the show notes. And Great. it was a pleasure talking to you. I, like I, I said, I love the psychology behind the marketing. So thank you so much for sharing your story. No problem. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about this with your listeners and I hope they got a lot out of it. Thank you. Thanks. I hope that you got some valuable takeaways from this interview with Sunil and everything will be linked up in the show notes. I appreciate you listening. I'm so grateful that you are joining me each and every week on It's Simply Digital. If you like what you hear, please rate and review this podcast and make sure and subscribe and share it. And I will see you next week. Have a blessed day. 